You are lying. You will see, WHO believes that if everybody can take a dose of polio vaccine, if everybody can take a dose of measles vaccine, they have a number of things they believe that if everybody can take a dose of, they will wipe out certain diseases. You see, the aggression, aggression with which they go around pursuing it. Do you know how many health workers have been killed or have been killed trying to give out polio vaccines? But they won't stop. Why? They said it is the hope. But we claim the gospel is the hope. I will give when I have built my house. When I have bought my car. Are you getting my point? Yes, then when the pastors realize that this Jaguda has no go release, they will manufacture doctrine. At the end of the day, the money will be complete, but nobody will be blessed. <laughs> Pastor is not blessed. Church member is not blessed. God is angry. We perverted his word. He's upset with everybody. And that's why it appears as if, you know, if you don't understand it well, you now think God is blessing people because of money. No, he's blessing them because of faith. Grace is always, always activated by faith. And our blessings are purely in Christ Jesus. But where's the faith? James said, show me your faith without the works. And I will use my works to show you my faith. That is why when the giving is deliberately to get something, it's not out of faith. Because the Bible says faith works by love. Where is love and I'm trying to grab something? Where is love? But I look at it, for example, we've been talking now. We've been talking about the gospel, the north, stuff like that, places that have been destroyed because of this book around thing. You know, I've been saying that if the church in Nigeria gathers and says, let's rise, for every build, even if it was a shack that was burnt down, just to make a statement, we will replace it with concrete. So that the gospel can go back. That Boko Haram thing, they drove us away. We are coming. Look, remember? Uh, what, what is the name of Arnold Schwarzenegger? I'll be back. <laughs> we will be back. Honestly, I think, listen. Money has an interesting thing. Very powerful. If Khan could gather their acts together and say, Christians, this is what we are going to do. And we do pass through our churches. And say, for every building, even... Even though it was a shack, we will replace it with at least four concrete pillars and the beams to connect them and put an iron roof on it. Come and burn it again. If you burn it again, we build two. We're not saying the gospel is a building. We're just trying to make a statement that as a church, we are not running. If you heard that and you truly believe that the gospel is the hope of Nigeria, Something will be wrong with you if you wouldn't set money aside from your pocket and contribute a, listen, a good, tangible, face proportional portion. You get my, are you getting my point? You can't say the gospel needs to be preached. Yes, what we have right now in this country is that people don't know the truth. And you see the truth. They use your money to eat meat by now write to a ministry, can you send me a free Bible? If they send you the free Bible, you won't understand it. <laughs> How will you understand it? You know, those of us that are preaching, sometimes you hear some mail, you get some mails. You go through the mails. You're like, okay, don't write me a mail, come and see me so I can beat you. <laughs> I told you the story, one, one young man came to me once, he came from Abakaliki. I said, what is it? He dragged me out of a church service. 
Say, I want to talk about my I want to talk about myself. And I scratch my head in my mind. Talk about yourself on a Sunday morning. I look like I'm here to hear about you. Go ahead. When he finished, I said, so some, no, I said, look, look, summarize this message. He said, um, he needs money for accommodation and he needs money a connection for his business. Thank God for self-control. <laughs> I looked at the young man. I just asked him simply. I said, what did you, what did you say we met? He said, listen to me on radio. I said, on radio? I said, yeah. How many thousands of people do you think listen to me on radio like you? He looked at me. I said, did you go to secondary school? He said, yes. Did you study economics? He said, yes. I said, have you ever heard of division of labor? He said, yes. Oh, you have heard of division of labor? He said, yes. I said, I preach the gospel to you free of charge. I don't charge you a dime. The, broadcast, the radio waves come into your house. It's not free. We pay for that. You haven't asked me where the money is coming from. I said, division of labor. That is my labor. Raising money for people's accommodation, connecting them with their business is not part of it. I have done my division. In my heart. And you came from a back leaky, no pineapple in your hand. <laughs> yeah, it's true. No mango. <laughs> Nothing. After preaching to you, I should raise money for you. If I give you the money, when you are spending it, you will have laryngitis. You will have a problem. There are monies that are cost as you are collecting like this. I said, young man, this is Sunday morning. I have a service to attend. I got up and walked back into my service. Look, those of you who do, do preaching, you know what I'm talking about. If, listen, listen. If it's an unbeliever, it's different. One day I was in a place, a woman said, ah, you know, somebody greeted me, oh, pastor. So I was buying food. So another guy came and said, oh, pastor, good afternoon. Should they put for me too? I had a, a bike. <sighs> in my mind, I said, you don't understand. If you had said, dog, should they put for me? I would have considered it. Once you use the word pastor, I, I, I would drive away without paying for my own. I would tell them to hold you. <laughs> don't you read the Bible? Paul said, we minister spiritual things to you. We can sow. You are coming to collect our material things again. <laughs> 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 ah. One man saw me once said, ah, I'm so happy to see you today. The message you preached the other day has blessed me so much. In fact, this is what me, I made money from it. I did like this. In fact, this one that I've seen you today, you will dash me two tapes. <laughs> Chris, I wanted to give him two slaps. <laughs> I wanted to give him two slaps. Some people don't have sense. Hey, you, call, you go to church, you call yourself a Christian. And say, no, Pastor, you don't need it. Who's talking about need? When you give them got money for a cement, does he need it? It's a trade. Then God does not need to need money for you to give him money for cement. You just opened your mouth and told me, I blessed you so much that you were doing business somewhere. You followed the principles of God I taught you that if you see the amount of profit you made, and what is the solution? Give me some more. 
You now know why God will not bless some people. They are too ungrateful. Look, not all Christians are like that. Not all Christians. So the other day, a young man came, came all the way from Delta State, which is where I'm coming from this morning. He came here. He told me that I said something on radio about blessings being spiritual. And after that, meet, that broadcast that he entered his room and began to command his blessings out of the place of the Spirit, that he entered into the realm of the Spirit. I don't know what it meant. But that's how anointing is. He was charged up by the word that day. He said the following day or two days later, anyway, shortly after, his uncle called him and said, what are you planning to do now? He said, young boy just finished secondary school. He said that, um, his uncle, he said he doesn't, he's still thinking, his uncle said, would you like to be a pilot? He said, yes. He said, okay, come. I'm arranging, you are coming to school, you are coming to Canada. You are coming to attend pilot school in Canada. The guy remember a few days ago, he just entered the realm of the spirit after hearing a broadcast. The guy ran from Delta to Enugu. Stopped in Nonichal, bought two shirts. I, wore, I gave out one of the shirts. I wore the second one. Wore it. it wasn't because of the quality. The shirts I wore were at least four times, five times more expensive. But I said, this is fruit. I don't know how to explain it. It's sweet. There's a kind of savour. There's a kind of taste it has. I wore that shirt I wore, I wore it out. Wore it until it was worn out. There are gifts of honor. There's giving of honor. What is one we do selfish giving? No, it's wrong. It's not provoked by faith. When you have faith, there are things that faith provokes you to do. If you've seen the word of God transform people's lives, next time you hear that gospel is being preached, you'll be glad to do it. See somebody that's really desperately... No, I told you, what God's really blessing, you don't know when you do it, it just comes out of you spontaneously by virtue of the understanding and faith and love that's inside your heart. Just do some things. That's why God, when when he was blessing people, he said, when was it that we did these things? They did not even know they did anything. That's why God said, be with me first. Let me transform you. Doing good becomes second nature to you. So that when you do the good that really counts, you will not even know you did anything. That's why I preached a message long ago. I said, what is the switch of God's power? It's a continual doing of good works. It's just a continual thing. It's continual. It's a habit. Like Paul said, you are devoted to prayer. You are devoted to one another in love. That's what he said in that Romans chapter 12. You don't hear that somebody is in need. I mean, Christians should learn how to give. No, real Christian giving. Look, the number of stories I've told some of my books, they are just passing. Maybe we'll come to money matters later. Later, Let me not sit on money now. We'll come to money matters later. My prayers are believers to get to a point. Eh? They just, they are just what the Bible calls cheerful givers. You know what the cheerful giver is? My wife, once she went to draw ultrasound, she was pregnant with one of my one of our kids. She said that she, it was a joke. The one woman, the baby was sick, a little child. Now came, they sent the child to the hospital to do the ultrasound there. When they gave the woman the bill for the ultrasound, the woman began to knock the baby's head. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Look at it now. She didn't have money. 
My wife said, Madam, how can it be this little child's fault that he's sick? How much do you need? She said, she gave her the money. He's not letting me sow a seed so that my child will not be sick. Nonsense. If you don't want your child to be sick, carry a scripture. Hit that child with scripture from every corner. In the name of Jesus, it is written, I will not bring forth children for calamity. There's a scripture. Himself took my infirmities and my diseases. It applies to my household. You declare, as for that your seed, please leave it alone. The Bible says the seed is the word of God. Whether you are believing God for your children or not, if you see a child like that that's in need, that's Christianity you give. Some will write it down. Say, God, though, as I have given to this child today, you will remember me. I've told you, there are realms in life you are careful not to walk in. Once you say that, you have activated a level, second heaven level, that's what I call it. In that place, accusations rise up against you. Everything you did not do will also be remembered. The little boy that knocked on your window in a traffic light that you did not wind down to give five naira is remembered. The day you showed your father dishonor by not picking his call is remembered. The day you said to a man, I will pay you tomorrow, you paid him in three days, is remembered. Your word did not hold. I told you earlier, a message I heard Pastor Paul preach long ago, what he called innocency and faithfulness. I should get the tape, people should listen to it. You would understand how to walk in the principle of mercy and mercy alone. You are careful. You are careful. Look, listen, I told you. Job said, there are times a heart can secretly reach out in worship to the moon. If I do good works, if I do something, maybe I want to pray. As an example now, maybe I help a child, you know, like that, and my son is now sick. If that thought comes to my mind, I confess it to God. Say, Lord, I want to tell you I am sorry. Because as I was about to pray, a thought came to my mind that I have been helping children. You will help my child. I want to say I am sorry. That is not the basis of my blessing. My blessings are in Christ. For that thought to cross my mind, I confess it away right now. Then I turn around and activate the things that are in Christ. You know what happens in Christ? In Christ, every negative thing is not remembered. In Christ, every positive work that you did is also not remembered. In Christ... Everything that Jesus did is credited to your account. In Christ, if Jesus did it, they say you did it. If you obeyed the Father, they say you obeyed the Father. I hope you are getting my point. If he went to the cross, they say you went to the cross. They say you were obedient to the point of death. In Christ, it's what he did that is called to bless you. I hope you're getting my point. Yes, I went to the vision to explain something. We'll get back to the main message, all right? Trying to say that the things we do that actually count. Because the works we do, they count. But we don't know when they do. 
He said, what do you mean that they count? He said, in Christ, I talked about expression of faith. Faith is what we use to activate what's in the realm of the spirit. And the thing about faith is that when it's there, it provokes actions without you even realizing you are deliberately trying to do something. That's my emphasis. Many things that count, we don't know when we do them. And that's how we use that illustration. You say, when I was hungry, you fed me. And they said, when did you do these things? He said, in as much as you did them to the least of my saints, you did them unto me. What am I going to say? They did not even know when they did the things that counted before him. They were just doing things naturally. Listen, they did not know they were doing it to the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me say something to you. The blessing that will really count, when God wants to come to make you do something like that, you won't even know he's the one coming. Because he knows that many of us are very good at churchianity. You, you get my point? When you see the pastor's bag, you carry it. But when you get to your office, you look at your boss, and you look at his big head. Are you getting my point? You don't show him any honor. Why? He's not a man of God. If church is the one doing something, and it can be recognized, people want to do it. So people would know I'm a member of this place. I'm faithful. But if the pastor says, just, just put your offering in an envelope. I don't want anything written on it. You know, just pass it anytime. You are slow. <laughs> you are getting my point here. That is a problem. We have to get to a point where this doing of good works is just a natural, it's just part of us. It's not, it's, not, it's not something we think about. We do it, we forget it. Let's get back to the thing I started today. I don't know why. So, okay, uh, yeah, I went to all of this saying that when we are doing things, many of them we don't know which one is counting. The ones that count, we don't even know we are doing them. And that's why I'm saying that that's how we'll be surprised how God judges. So let's get back to what we were saying. Um, where were we? Second Peter chapter 1. These qualities, they must be in you and they must be increasing. What I'm talking about is how do they increase? What are the qualities? All those spiritual traits that Peter listed for us there. He said there's moral excellence. There's knowledge. The knowledge of God. There's self-control. The ability to persevere. Christians don't realize that this is important. The ability to persevere. Very important. They announced the other day there's economic recession. People are strategizing on how to run away now. You don't know that persevering is something you must know how to do. I've known people that do, they've done 10 businesses. The first one did not make money, they moved over to the second one. The second one didn't make money, they're on the third one. They keep on changing. Why? It has to make money. You don't realize that there is nothing, okay, that you do really that's worthwhile. But let me, let me not say nothing. It's rare. For it to just blossom all of a sudden. You endure. You must, like, it's a spiritual treat. Many times you pray for money. God doesn't bring it. Not because he can't bring money. It's simply because he says, you have 5,000. You want 
20,000, right? Yes. My current blessing for your life is wisdom to get 20,000 results with 5,000 naira. People don't know that that is, is, is godliness. God does that. One woman, they say her son is, her child is not doing well in school. So the person telling me said that they are, the counselor that, listen, you're not there to help this child. And any time you pay attention, the child improves. I think maybe you have more than one. They now counsel that we think it is reasonable, therefore. Because the job she did, she worked from early in the morning to late at night. They now said, why don't you just resign the job? Get one that takes you fewer hours, that consumes fewer time, less time, so that you can spend time with the child and with your children. The response she gave is one that I thought was a joke, except that the person telling me said it wasn't a joke. She wasn't joking. That how will I pay for my Brazilian hair? Like the way you shock like that. She actually said it. How will I pay for my Brazilian? I said that was a joke, right? So it did not appear like she was joking, and she definitely did not take the counsel seriously. She opened her mouth and said, okay, if I resign this job, how will I pay for my Brazilian hair? You know, I love women. When I say I love women, I mean they are interesting people. When I was younger, women used to match their clothes properly. They won't, a, few, a few months ago, they said, now you need to pink your clothes. They said they have pinking shoes. Pink shoe with green stripe and brown bees and white topping. Now I say woman wear orange color blouse with purple color skirt and then just mix it. Say, what are you doing? Say it's called pinging. <laughs> know what I'm saying so? You see where I'm going in a moment too. There was a time they wanted to die for Brazilian hair. Now the trendy babes use Nachi. They call it Nachi. What's this one? Uh-huh, I'm right. One day I hugged my wife. I said, why are you smelling of onions? She said, am I smelling of onions? I said, she said, is it smelling? I said, what are you saying? She said, the treatment contains onion. <laughs> I came to Bible study next time. Her consultant is here. Where is she? Huh? She's not around. So I greeted her. Don't tell her what I want to tell you. So I said, how are you? She came to oh, good afternoon, sir. I squeezed her hand. She thought it was love. She didn't know it was vexation. <laughs> she thought it was love. <laughs> what am I saying? Women are funny. They have removed Brazilian. It's no longer in vogue now. You, you are ruining your child's destiny because of Brazilian. Then they say, we are not wearing it again. We are wearing natural hair. Yes, that, oh, Nachi is natural. <laughs> and it's not a joke. You know, the way they, the way they freak over it. Man, women are interested. That's the one one woman wants to ruin the destiny of her children. Because how will I pay for my Brazilian hair? Listen, the ability to stand for what is right despite what natural things will be like is a spiritual trait that you must work for. Are you getting my point? As a sign of working for God. That's what I'm talking about it. He said perseverance, self-control. 
A woman is not willing to persevere for her children. If God withdraws those kids, now what's she going to say? And they say it's the devil. Thank you. Now, these traits are the things that show that indeed, don't forget what we've said. If people don't have these things, Jesus said, workers of iniquity, whatever you say you did outside, you didn't do them for me. So when you claim you're working for God, this is what I recommend. Check. I may be working for God outwardly. I may be preaching. These days I have preachers, I listen to them, they talk. And I tell my wife, I can bet money. This guy is lying. You know what God is saying? He's not preaching for me. He will come one day and say, I preach in your name. God said, I never knew you. You're a liar. Because you walk out of iniquity. People actually mount the pulpit and start telling lies. In the, in the scripture, the old prophet, the Bible said, but he lied to him. What am I saying? If you're a preacher and you are lying so as to get a result, you're not working for God. Even if the sick gets healed when you finish preaching, sometimes preachers will say, if everything I've said today is true, God confirm it. God said, if I listen to you, I'll never do anything on this earth. Because half of your message is a lie. But lay hands on the sick. There are sick people I plan to heal them today. As they are laying hands, see, it's proof that everything I said is true. Because it's not true. It's that, 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 I mean, I'm proving that the name of Jesus is true. Did you not say in the name of Jesus be healed? I'm confirming that one. The other one you preached, I don't know about it. Those who were speaking, they said, we cast out demons in your name. Jesus did not say they were lying. And on such a day, you can't start new lies now. <laughs> no, you can't start day of judgment. You start con- concocting up stories. No. That tells me they really did those things. But, the Lord Jesus was saying, that's not the foundation. It's not the outward working. You did not judge your work because of results you saw. No. The result is just my spirit doing what it's doing. I spoke through a donkey. I can do it again. I can do it again. But what matters in your own life is that these qualities are yours. Number one. And number two, they are increasing. I said something earlier that when we are paying attention to the Lord to hear his words, that is when we are sitting down at his feet, I wanted to say, is so that we can pay attention to hear his words. And what are we doing with the words that we are hearing? The words as they are coming, those words are transforming us and bringing into our hearts those divine qualities. You will see what he said. It is through these things that God made us partakers of the divine nature. It's by his promises. So as the word is coming, it is transfusing the substance of Christ into us. And a sign that indeed we are working with him is that the qualities are increasing. Indeed, the sign that it is God we are working with. I met a man once. There's a man in this town that we know, a Christian man. We met at the election venue, and I saw a book with him, Business by the Book. It's a man I respect. A businessman, a man I believe to be a man of integrity. But what I'm telling the story is what he said. So I said, oh, you have this book, sir? He said, I do. So we came to the election venue. He said, after accreditation, so that he can sit down. You know, you know the way it is. Accreditation will now wait so we can vote. So just to while away the time. So that's why he brought the book to read. He now made a statement. 
He said, I read things like this once in a while. Listen to this. So. He said, so as to check whether I'm still serving God or I have begun to serve myself. Did you hear what I said? A Christian big man, businessman took a book, Business by the Book by Larry Bucket. He said, let me do an assessment of my life to find out whether I am still serving God or without realizing it, I have begun to serve myself. He said, let me check divine principles. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm amplifying those things now. Let me check divine principles to know whether I'm still following them. Let me check divine order, divine ordinance. Let me check to, check to know whether I'm still following them. Because no matter how much money I'm making, no matter how much giving I'm giving, no matter what I think I'm doing as a man dedicated to his church, no matter what I, I think I'm doing, if I have deviated from the principles inside this book, I have stopped serving God, I am now serving myself. Are you getting my point? What am I going to do? I want to redirect us again to where the work of God starts from. And now we measure whether we're really doing it. That is why I don't understand why people will go to church and they choose a department that ensures that they are never inside a service to hear what pastor is saying. No. Somebody has to do it. Somebody has to do it. Martha is is coming afterwards. My name is Mary. I'm going to the service first. When Martha comes, she can do that one. You invite a guest minister, you have gone to cook. Guest minister is preaching. They say you are in the cooking committee, welfare committee for guest minister, and you agree. When the old prophet lied to the young prophet, the old prophet did not die. The young prophet that obeyed the old prophet was the one that died. What am I saying? If the word is not coming forth, you will not, that is entering you, you won't even know whether you are serving God or you are serving somebody else. This man told me that they said, I need to check periodically to see whether I'm still serving God or have begun to serve myself. I like that expression because many people began serving God. That's how they began. Years passed. They did not know when they began to serve themselves. Things began to slip from them little by little. Little by little. I always recommend books. I'm, I'm talking about it again. Demo Shakarian's Happiest People on Earth. Talk about the young preacher, vibrant, on fire for God, full of the Holy Spirit. You see the anointing in his life. Yet, as he was preaching, all he was checking was how much money are we going to make in this place. When the people were not making the money, he got angry and took it upon himself to raise money. The last day it took two hours, then collected all the money and ran. Demo Shakarian said something. He was quoting Charles Price. He said that he's not angry with the, with the man. He said he began to wonder, how did this happen? Was it that people like me stopped praying for people like him? He said, well, is it that he had gotten brutalized in the battlefront and these are just the signs of the weariness? He said he was thinking that he doesn't know, he didn't want to judge the man. But just remember what Charles Price taught him. That those who are in front often get tired. That's why if you read my book, and I'm going to get to it in this series of teachings, I talked about the need for rest. 
Because many people that refuse to rest, they get tired, they stop serving God, they start serving themselves. You want to know, if, anyway, if you are a preacher, yes. No, not if you want to know. Why should you want to know? What's your business? If you are a preacher, <laughs> you are a child of God, you want to know whether you have stopped serving God and start serving yourself, start checking the things that you are doing that 10 years ago you would not have dreamt of. That if they take a picture of you today and showed you of 10 years ago, when you were on fire with the Holy Spirit, you say, I will never do this. Simple, simple things sometimes. Like you are waiting in the lobby to see a big man because he's going to give you a check. It may not look like a horrible thing, but small things that you know you would not have done years ago. It's time to start. I mean, that's a good time to let you know. You are slowly departing from serving God. You are beginning to serve yourself. It's very important we Christians understand it. This is a constant check we must place in our lives to ensure, like that man said, that we are still serving God. We have not begun to serve ourselves. Why did he say that? So if I read, read through the book, and if I find the precepts of God that have been working against those precepts, I will, I, that, that means all the while, I thought I was serving God, but I have not been serving him. I have been serving myself. Even though I was getting some results, he was not pleased with my results. Peter said, what do we do? We make sure that these things are increasing. Let me drop this, all right, with it, and then we'll close. How do we do that? It's simple. I said something earlier. When the word is coming forth, you know what the word is doing? This is interesting, but you know God negotiates with people. When I say negotiating, I don't mean that we negotiate. Okay, I give you two, you give me five. No. What I mean is that if your name is Mary, and he wants you to conceive a child that will be the savior of the world, you won't just wake up one, one morning and your stomach is growing and growing and growing. What happened? I don't know. <laughs> no. He will come and say, Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed are thou amongst women. He will talk to you. And you now say, what, ah, Why are you greeting me like that? You shall conceive a child. And you will now say, Be it unto me according to thy word. Are you getting my point? That's how he does it. That's what I mean by he negotiates with people. He talks to people, people ahead and he says, I agree. What am I going to say? When God wants to repay you, when God wants to repay me, what he also does is to allow his word come forth and show us a part of us we did not know was there. Are you getting my point? And he says, work on that. That is a work you are doing for me. After all, the primary, when we hear of the calling of God, if you ever hear Paul use the word calling, it, wasn't mean, it didn't mean apostles, prophets. He calls those things gifts. When he says calling, calling is always sainthood. He will say to the church of all called saints, that is, to become holy and perfect before God is the calling of God for everybody. It's not a year called uh, this thing. No, no, no. What, what he calls a calling for everybody is that you were called to be conformed to the image of the Son. You were predestined, he said, when Paul was writing to the Romans, in Romans chapter 8, you were predestined to be conformed to the image of the Lord Jesus. If that conformation is true, if, if what I've said is true, it means, therefore, the primary thing you should be going for in what you call the work of God is to make sure that you are conformed. Please go and re- listen to the series I preached then. Titled, The Habitation of God. I can't repeat it now. The standard is so high. You know, 
If you think you have done right and you've worked perfectly in life, you don't know anything yet. Did you hear what I said? That was what was going on when Jesus came. When the Lord Jesus came, some men were so straight, Pharisees, most of them. God called them hypocrites, funny enough. Why the hypocrites will say, I have not committed adultery. Jesus will call Peter. He said, check what he's thinking all the time. <laughs> I don't know whether you're getting my point. Physically, he hasn't done it, but his heart has done it again and again and again and again. I have never stolen. Peter said, come. All of them, anytime a car is passing on the way, and they are looking at it. Yes, why is that German that's driving it? Why is it not me? After all, I'm a believer, it's not a believer. It's called covetousness. He's coveting his neighbor's goods and using spirituality to hide it. And he says, I have never stolen. I've never committed murder. Say so he hates everybody in his compound. What am I trying to bring out here? You see, when we're talking about being conformed to the image of God, being the primary duty, that's why Peter said the qualities must be what? Number one, yours. And number two, that's what I'm trying to talk about. You'll be surprised at the standard that God has for you that you have not yet attained to anything close to it. So you can never stand and say, I have done perfectly. I always like to drop one for believers to wake them up to reality. What is that one? If you tell a man, please give me 5,000 naira. I will give you next week, latest Wednesday. If you pay on Thursday morning, it's a sin. You're just 12 hours later. You said latest Wednesday. You can explain it from now to tomorrow. It's a sin. I didn't say you would go to hellfire. So calm down. Even me. I still do things like that once in a while. When I say once in a while, that one again is a lie. <laughs> I just realized that it's more often than once in a while. Do you get my point? I'm just trying to throw the standard up there for us to realize that God is calling us to something higher. He said to the people, except your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees. I'm talking about that increasing. So what is the work of God? I tell my wife once in a while, I say, baby, I hate this thing that I do once in a while. I say, what is it? I will tell somebody I will call you, and I won't call the person. I say, then call the person. I said, if it was that easy, why, why would I be discussing it with you? <laughs> I am telling you I need to pray that God will not only work on me to want to call, because some of those people, I don't want to call them. You think I forgot? I didn't forget. The phone is in my hand. I'm, I, and I'm not only the person money, but the person's voice is just on. I, I, I said, look, I told this fellow I will call him. Well, I, 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 I did fear harassment. And it is ungodliness. That's where I'm going. Even though I have all these excuses, but it's actually ungodly for you to say, I will call and you don't call. And many of us don't realize it. I don't know where I get my point. If these qualities are yours and are what? Increasing. Now, this point I'm going to make about it. We see the improvement of the qualities in our lives as a labor for God. 
So when I say this, oh, I said somebody I'll call and I don't call back. Are you getting me? Then what I'm trying to say is that, listen, Banky, pray about it. Walk towards it. Rearrange your tongue. Speak words that you intend to fulfill. Don't use words to end the discussion because you, do, you don't want to continue talking because anytime you do that, you are weakening your faith. I said earlier, faith, that is the previous teachings, faith is not just a, it's not just, um, a method. There are spiritual substances in our souls we are talking about. And many times we waste those things by the way we carelessly use our mouth. By telling somebody, don't worry, I will pay you next week. And next week comes, you don't do as you have said. I will call you by the end of tomorrow. Tomorrow comes, you don't do as you have said. Listen, I'm not here to condemn anybody. That's why I told, talked about myself also. But it's a spiritual labor. We labor. We say, God, no. My life must not continue like this. I must be conformed. Next time, I'll, please, I'll finish it next time. What we now do, we start with the issue of confession of sins. Confession of sins. That's what believers do. It's not you wake up in the morning and say, God, what have I done today before you say that you'll be able to answer my prayer? No. That one I just mentioned now, I don't fulfill my words. If I tell somebody I'll come by 8, I won't, by 8 I will still be sleeping. It's not right. I confess it to God and I start confessing the word of God over my life so that those qualities will be mine and they will be increasing. And that, listen, my brethren, that's work for God. God rewards it. There are things people do, God will say, because of this thing you have done, in blessing, I will bless you. When Solomon said to God, God said, what do you want? He said, I don't want all of those things. I just want wisdom to be a good king. God said, you're serious about that? Then the things you did not ask for, I will give you. Solomon would never have thought that was a seed he was sowing. Who would have preached, refused to ask God for wealth as a seed? Think about it. We would have said, oh, Solomon gave a thousand bond offerings. That's why God blessed him. No, God said, it is because I said, ask me for anything. And you didn't ask for these things. That's why I'm pouring them upon you. Can you see what I'm trying to say here? That is, there are things we do just by sitting there at home and saying, dear Lord, my tongue must be pure. I must not tell a lie. And you start walking on your tongue and say, I will never lie with this tongue. And God says, for this one that this boy has said, now I know he's ready for the release of my grace to make him a president in a country like Nigeria. Are you seeing my point? Those are the things that faith does. Then the destiny that God has planned starts getting released. That is how we work for God. We continue from that particular point. Let's bow down our heads and let's ask God for one thing. Say, Lord, I want to do what is pleasing to you continually. Help me to do that. I want to do what is pleasing to you continually. I told you in the story in the, at the beginning. A man said, I will build a church by myself so that people can worship in it. While celebrating, he left his doors open for everybody to come and eat. And I reasoned, I said, this second one is probably more important to God than the first. He said, Lord, help me to do what is important all the time. Not for what I want to get, but so that I can just simply be pleasing to you. All right, let's just give it all thanks once again. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you because I've been set free. I thank you because Christ is in me. 
I thank you because I am known by him. Say, I am known by Christ. And Christ is in me. I know him. I am in him. I know him. And I'm in him. Say, in him I'm free. In him I am above all things. In him all my blessings are. I have been blessed with all spiritual blessings. In heavenly places. Say, all curses are broken. I walk in the newness of life. All curses are broken. I walk in the newness of life. Say this, I have ability. And I am productive. Say, in the name of Jesus. I am not afraid. Christ is in me. I have power. Now, listen to this. We are taking from Deuteronomy chapter 8. I have power to create wealth. I have, power to create wealth. I have, ability. I have ability. There is something in my hands. There is something in my hands. I, can something. I can create something. I can produce something. I can produce something. Now listen to me. Economic downturn is not allowed to turn you down. Amen. Are you getting my point? In the midst of economic downturn, you will be productive. Amen. You are the reason why the economy will look up again. Amen. Now say to after me in the name of Jesus. Amen. I am a blessing. In the name of Jesus, I create wealth. Now listen to this. You are not just making money, you are producing something. Say in the name of Jesus, I create wealth. Wealth does not mean you started Facebook. The woman who took ordinary beans, blended it, alright, mixed it with pepper and crayfish and oil and boiled it and it became moi moi. The beans is not what it used to be. It is now what? She has created wealth by transforming beans. When you say create wealth, some people are waiting for, okay, what can I design that will look like Facebook? If you take an ordinary material, a shirt, you cut it, you measure me, and you sew it, and I'm looking like I'm looking right now. You have created anointing. <laughs> are you getting my point? Yes, you took a stre- stretch of cloth. You put your labor inside it. What you have produced is the creation of wealth. Please, I hope you are getting my point. Sand, cement, you know, gravel. People mix it and the next thing you see a building standing. It's creation of wealth. Those of us that will have lived in the open will not have shelter. That is what God sent us to to come and do. Not to wait for government to be paying salary. Look at government in the door the other day. They went on strike. They were protesting. They went on strike. It did not work. They decided to turn to protest. You know why? 18 months they have not been paid. And I said, hey, hey, you are still there. My auntie, some of them that came for me, they said, you, I said, what is it about this government? He said, you know security. I said, security, where are you people? He said, pensionable. I said, it's no longer pensionable. Right now, you contribute your own pension. Please, brethren, poverty is banned from your life in Jesus' name. Amen. In this life, you will be productive. Amen. I give everybody an assignment, especially if you are needing money. Go home and say, what is it that I can do? Listen, you are not down. Amen. Please put, up your, put out your two hands like this. Let's pray over these hands. In the name of Jesus, Amen. whatever you put these hands to do, it will prosper. Amen. To the man who said, I don't have work, this is the word of the Lord for you this week. Eh? This weekend, go home and rest and say, what is it that I can do? And on Monday, start doing it whichever way. 
I will say something to surprise some people. It may be I can wash clothes. I will hang them. There's a place I'm staying. I can hang them at the back. That's laundry business. I can even go to a car wash. Because in a short while, God will open a door for you. You own a car wash. I can make clothes. I can cut this. I can do that. I can cook. I can. There are so many things you can do. I can teach children. In the name of Jesus, anything you put these hands to do, they will prosper. Amen. God will give you insight. Amen. He will tell you what to do. Amen. Idleness is dead. Amen. Poverty is dead. Amen. Productivity has come into your life. Amen. Wealth you will create. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. In the midst of this economy, listen to me, you will prosper. Amen. I say you will prosper. Amen. I say you will prosper. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God will make all grace abound towards you. Amen. You will have all sufficiency in all things. Amen. And you will abound to every good work. Amen. You are a giver. Amen. You are not a beggar. Amen. You are a giver. Amen. I said you are a giver. Amen. You help people. Amen. You will increase. Amen. God will multiply your seeds for sowing. Amen. And increase the harvest of your righteousness. Amen. I said God will multiply your seed for sowing. And it will increase the harvest of your righteousness. Amen. Oh God, in the name of Jesus, prosperity has come to you. Amen. And poverty has disappeared permanently. Amen. Listen, you will claim the one that belongs to you. Amen. By this time next year, you will give out a million naira. Amen. I want to give you one piece of advice. Make it a target from today. Your, your mind, by this time next year. It's not that we eat too. That is, you even get to a point, you say no. This month I'm not eating. Let me complete my one million offering. You will, oh God. By the, which year are we in? Which year? By 2018, you will be paying for people to go to private universities. Amen. A young man will say to you, say, I like to do computer engineering. I say, I hear they are good in um, covenant. How much does it tell you? 800,000 a year. Say, don't worry. Go and pay your acceptance fees. I guarantee you, four years, 800000 every year I will pay. God will give you that ability in the name of Jesus. Amen. When people say there's a casting down, don't ever forget. For you, there is what? God has lifted you up. Amen. Give him thanks again. This thing. Say, Lord, I thank you. 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 In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.